ultimately what I'm asking you to do is transcribe the answers to the questions about who you are, how you see yourself, how you treat yourself, what your expectations are for you and the world. These many, many questions coming at you in, from, from every single angle. Um, and fundamentally, I hope creating a story for yourself that perhaps wasn't clear before, but now is more clear, that you transcribe into a process which is finished by something I call the final synopsis, which is uh, just a, uh, a piece of journaling which involves a bit like it sounds, uh, something about who you are, who you've been, and where you're going. That was William Pullen, our guest for today, Running Therapist, and this is the Running Anthropologist Podcast. Welcome to episode 24. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the broadcast, William Pullen, who is a therapist in England who developed dynamic running therapy, which, among other things, combines mindfulness and cognitive behavioral therapy with kind of reflection questions and ways to turn your running or movement into, uh, into a means of self-therapy. And um, William, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Uh, it's great to be here, Mark. I'm a big fan of your work, too. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much. That means a lot to me. Um, as you know, I've been a fan for for many years, and I'm I'm super grateful to have you here to explain kind of how you got to where you are, and you know how you connected with with therapy and and with running to to be a part of that. And I yeah, I, I guess I'll just open it up and ask you. You know, would you tell us from the beginning, sort of um, how you found yourself in this in this unique space? Okay, so like a, a lot of therapists, I think many of us, are, our, our work, our vocation is born out of a, of a disaster or some sort of breakdown. Mine I, was about 12, 13 years ago, I was in a relationship and it went south and I'd sort of leveraged everything that I could be and tried to blah, blah, you know, I'd done everything but figuratively sell the family silver. Emotionally, I mean, until finally, you know, there was no more I could do and the relationship ended and with it, some of my sanity went out the window and uh, I ended up very depressed. I guess maybe I was turning 40 as well. Anyway, with the help of antidepressants, I, I made some, a, a couple of really smart moves, one of which was to go into therapy, the second of which was to take up running. Hmm. And... Uh, that's, yeah, that's how that started. Amazing. And as with most things, it starts out simple. And um, anyone that kind of checks out you, your app or your or your books would know you have sort of this experience with mindfulness and meditation. Did that, did that start very quickly? Did you have that from a younger age to draw on? Or how, how did you come into it? Well, I think I've always been interested in philosophy and human development. I've always been interested in Eastern philosophy. I grew up in the East, grew up in Hong Kong. Hmm. Um, and um, I suppose uh, the mindfulness piece, I just found myself doing it 
naturally. You know, I, I found myself doing guided meditations, which I then recognized were part of my of the mindfulness movement. I mean, I trained in mindfulness. I'd had a couple of sessions, uh, a couple of courses I'd done at a, at a Buddhist temple here in London. So I knew quite a lot of it, I suppose. And I, then I, I suppose I, I refined them like that. How are we doing with that recording, by the way? Oh, perfect. You're, you're coming through loud and clear. Are you sure? Because I can hear some funny stuff on my end. Oh, really? Uh, let me turn down my, my mic a little bit. But yeah, you're, you're coming through perfectly, and oh, good. Uh, okay. the mic yeah, is... Yeah, no, I can... I'm, I'm fine with it, as long as you are. Great. Okay, sorry about that. No, not at all. Um, so I guess from that, you know, from your experience growing up in Hong Kong, and also some of the Buddhist practice and the Eastern philosophy, it really bleeds through... I, I mean, the book has very practical and very therapeutic... Uh, course for me, but then intermixed, there's, you know, quotes from Rumi, and uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's it's really enlightening to see how you put together all of these, all of these traditions, and and in order to help people really get at their core. Um, did did you have any other uh, mentors or influences that, as you were putting together the dynamic running therapy, that that were really a big impression on you? Well, as I mentioned, philosophy had always been a big thing for me. And as a, as a, even as a sort of 13-year-old, I was reading Sartre and, and quite a lot of existentialism. And then when I did my master's uh, to train to become a therapist, that there was an accent in existential psychotherapy there. So in a way, existential therapy is a lot about the here and now. It's a lot about the decisions that you make and that... And the understanding that the world is subjective is a subjective uh, enterprise, and as such, you decide minute by minute what your world wants to look like. And uh, if you want to give up that choice, or as Jung said, if you're not living your own story, you're living somebody else's. Hmm. Um, you know, so you jump you jump in 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 the in the deep end of your own life. But you know, I read a lot of of, of Buddhism, and when I was I've always loved Jung. When I was younger, during this uh, breakdown period, I read a lot of Pima Chodron, if that means anything to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And those ideas there about, they're just, I don't know, they're just, they, they make sense to me. And so I've just brought it. I'm actually trained as an um, integrative therapist. So I'm trained to integrate different approaches uh, as a therapist. And so, yeah, I brought together various bits of Eastern therapy and CBT and existential. But at the end of it all, whatever approach it is, it's always about the relationship that you have with yourself. Hmm. And it's always about, A, how much of, how much interest do you have in that? How much time do you spend on it? How seriously do you take it? How much do you um, invest in it? And and uh, so that's a time-based thing. And then the second part is the quality-based thing, you know. Uh, are you aware of the quality of your inner dialogue? Do you care about it? What can you do to improve it? All of this has, you know, massive outcomes. Hmm. And uh, and so, you know, regardless of the many ways that I've, I've uh, the many influences that I've had, I always come to that. Just, you know, how do you feel about being you, really? And what are you going to do about it if you need to do anything? 
Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I I, I see in myself and in many others that um, kind of apathy towards um, towards what's going on within yourself is is your own downfall. I mean, that's really the root of all of all of my problems. <laughs> it's not not being willing to spend time with myself and listen to myself, which which I have to say, DRT. Even though I know these things, right, and I've I've tried to practice them, DRT puts it in a really simple step-by-step method that was helpful to me, you know, uh, in all my reading and all the, you know, all my searches. It, it's nice to have that step-by-step process and then be able to apply it to my running, which is probably my biggest practice, right? It takes the most of my time. Yeah. Um, would would you mind for people that haven't you know been through it or haven't um, checked checked out your um, your therapy method? Would you mind walking us through those those few steps that dynamic running therapy takes us through? Absolutely. So you know, there's a there's my personal practice. There's a book, and then there's an app. So obviously, I don't think many of your listeners will be hiring me personally. So let's go to the app and the book that work in similar ways. But they do work differently. The way I work personally is more organic, Hmm. which means it sort of unfolds the way it unfolds. However, it's still classic therapy. Um, However, in the the app and the book, uh, I have a a program in the app. I have some, I have some, well, in both, I have uh, uh, just straight sort of meditation. I have uh, uh, mindful walking. I have... uh, uh, mindful running, and these things are, I hope, relaxing and useful. And then in the app, I have something, in fact, again, in both, I have something called uh, the grounding process, which is a, which brings together some mindfulness aspects to, to, uh, uh, to get you ready for your run and to focus you and to bring you into the here and now before you commence your run. Now, if you're doing um, the book, Uh, or the app, you'll find various programs in there for various conditions such as depression, anxiety, anger, relationships, decision-making. There's a few of them. And what you'll find is that there are 20 sessions, 20 questions. um, Well, in the app, there are 20 sessions with quite a few sub-questions in each session. And what I do is I ask you to record while you're running or walking, because you can do all of this while walking. I ask you to record on the phone, which has a big microphone icon while you're running, so it's easy to tap it, the answers to the questions that I'm asking for the day. Um, If you're reading the book, I ask you to write in the book. The book has space. Um, And in both cases, ultimately what I'm asking you to do is transcribe the answers to the questions about who you are, how you see yourself, how you treat yourself, what your expectations are for you and the world. These many, many questions coming at you in, from, from every single angle. Um, and fundamentally, I hope creating a story for yourself that perhaps wasn't clear before, but now is more clear, that you transcribe into a process which is finished by something I call the final synopsis, which is uh, just a, a, a piece of journaling which involves a bit like it sounds uh something about who you are who you've been and where you're going Hmm. 
Yeah, and I I found the um, I've done both, and I I actually wrote in a journal, not in the actual book, because I I wanted to be able to use it again in the future. But the uh, the microphone option while I was running or while I was traveling, I found to be great and a little less intimidating for us perfectionists because you kind of record your voice and you know it's just very um, informal as opposed to actually writing things down so having done both I I liked both and I got something different from both too so brilliant brilliant well you know what I think what the walking or running and I do say people can walk this but if they do I ask them to walk it a little faster than the stroll because you I think it helps to feel invested in a bodily way Hmm. Uh, in order to be invested mentally, emotionally, but what I, what I, the whole, the whole thing of DRT is born of, of the idea that when you start running and you hold, hold with, hold gently in your hands an idea or in the back of your head, or even deeply focused on it. However, you do is you travel with this idea, this question for twenty minutes. The process of running will make it easier for you to get in deep. Hmm. It, the inquiry is of a very different nature for some reason. It's the same bizarre creativity that seems to exist with running in general, whereby you'll get up on a on a Monday morning with a some dilemma that's that feels overwhelming, and by the end of the run you'll have the answer and yet you may not have thought about it at all between the two points Mm. but you are now in possession of a strategy which makes sense to you which you weren't at the beginning now what has changed between then and those two points between a and b i I could spend hours theorizing on that um Mm. but it's 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 basically uh, exploiting that same creativity that same um, facility that I think uh, that's part of the uh, part of the magic of DRT. Yeah, as I've as I've ran um, through some of the questions, I, I, I similar to what you described. I, I oftentimes I would forget, you know, that I was even had the question, and then by the end of the run, I thought, you know what, this has a little bit more clarity for me. Why don't I just take a few notes and then just let it go for a while because it. it's helpful just to experience through that activity a a question or a focus, Um, particularly for me, um, some of the relationship stuff. Um, Because when I'm with the person that I spend the most time with, uh, it's a little clouded, some of those questions about my fears or my frustrations in the relationship. But then if I take it into, into my own thoughts and put myself in the natural world, connect with with nature and movement, then all of a sudden, you know, maybe they aren't such a big deal, or maybe I see that yeah. my fears are, are overbuilt or unjustified. Well, I think so. Also, I think that the, the sort of metronomic process of, of running or walking, I think, is a, is a happy distraction and ha- helps to sort of mop, that, mop up that extra 10 or 20 percent of, of brain power that, that, that's used normally uh, or, or is not used and so it ends up being used for sort of observing over observation of self hmm. um, when it's being used instead to, to watch out that you don't trip over that brick and that there are eight <laughs> stones eight trees over there on the right and 12 on the left I think it mops up that piece of that's always involved in 
denying this about who you are or the various defenses that you use, anger or depression or whatever it may be. Uh, I think that's part of the process. I'd love to hear a little bit from you about, um, I know you've recently had a couple of guests on, one of whom was a, a, a running therapist and, and another is a therapist who uses running. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right description I, for them both. but I think that's perfect, yeah. Okay. How, um, how would you, uh, what would you say my work has in common with theirs or vice versa? You know, my first guest who was more the um, uh, the Kastrimbala, um focused, I, I think she's very focused on um, kind of one-on-one and working with clients, talking to them through talk therapy, but really getting to know them deeply and then, you know, applying some of the talk therapy while running, um, just using that as a means of building conversation and relationship. Um, and Kostrumbala, this guy, the joy of running, I think his, yeah. I think his kind of synopsis would be, you know, take great joy in long, slow distance running as a means to get to know yourself and others. Um, but perhaps without, um, a step-by-step method uh, that is specific, um, as specific as yours is because it relies upon that that therapist being with you the entire time. Um, Whereas the, the three Canadians that we interviewed last week, they um, they're really, I think all about group um, group dynamics and using that peer group um, to encourage and inspire. Um, And and certainly there's a lot of self introspection that happens. But I I think that that kind of group therapy idea um, while running, getting you to achieve some goals uh, really is the the focus there. So I think quite different from dynamic running therapy, which in in my mind is really catered to the person who's like, you know what, I'm dedicated to self-introspection and I want to go out and do this um, with some personal drive behind it. Yeah. Well, and, and you know that the, what I'm proud about, particularly with the app is that you get an awful lot of me, you know, you get a lot of sound files in there and you get to listen to a lot of of me talking about depression or anxiety, but also asking you a lot of questions. And it's all free. It's 100% free. And so I'm quite happy that I've created a, a an availability for people, you know, because not everybody can, you know, afford a therapist or wants a therapist. So to be able to have therapy or to therapize yourself, uh, I think is, um, is, is, is very advantageous for a lot of people, particularly men, men in my experience who, mm. who, uh, who can find, uh, find it a bit intimidating, but I just want to jump to the point you were making there about the, uh, the, the group of three Canadian guys and, and the value of running together. There are so many things that I think, are brilliant about movement therapy, in my case, running therapy. Um, one of which is that it, it leverages this, whatever it is, two million year old hunter-gatherer within us and all of this DNA that favors us moving and favors us walking and cooperating while moving and the mythology and, and the camaraderie that, that's hot-wired within us in these moments and the trust 
Yeah, you find it when you're in a car with somebody, a complete stranger on a road trip, and suddenly, because you're not facing each other, but you are heading down the same road, hmm. you start sharing the most intimate things about yourself. You know, I mean, that goes back, that goes back many hundreds of thousands of years or more. The other piece I wanted to say, which I think is 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 I'm really proud of, and I think it really helped me, uh, is why I developed uh, my version of running therapy, is because I noticed at a time when I was depressed when I was so short of self-confidence, when I was so short of power and, and belief and hope and, uh, and competency, I really felt that I couldn't do anything. I didn't want to do anything. You see this in depressed people that mm. can't even make their beds, they can barely wash themselves. By arranging to walk slash run with my friend in the park, I knew I needed to get out anyway. In fact, I wanted to get out because being at home and depressed is, is bloody depressing. Sure. And you, def and you definitely don't want to get to a party, which is even more depressing. But to be in a park is fine, and it's a great place to go and cry by yourself. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, quietly and, and, and embarrassingly, but less embarrassingly if there are a lot of people around. But So what I found is, is that I would meet my friend Chris, who at the time was going through a divorce, although he didn't know it, um, you would find that out later, is that, is that every day I met him, I would travel from A to B. And if I did nothing else, I felt, God, you know, I've done this thing today. I walked uh, 300 meters. And then when I started combining that with the, with the therapy I was doing, and I started talking to him as we were starting to run together and starting to cover 300 meters running or half a kilometer running, and I found myself talking really freely about um, about the things that were going on in my life and that the therapy had helped to bring up. Uh, it just flowed and it flowed. And, and together, these two things happened. One, the, 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 the running made the talking easy. And two, the running, getting from A to B, layered on top of that easiness, on top of that discovery, on top of that knowing, on top of that revelation, it it layered uh, a competency on top of it, a bit where I could say, not only am I a guy that now does things, I'm not completely useless and hopeless, but I'm also the guy who does things and knows things hmm. a little bit about who I am. And actually, I have a sense that I'm going to know more and that this journey is taking me into a place where I'm gathering more and more knowledge about myself and the world. And simultaneously, I'm getting physically fitter. Simultaneously, I can go, oh, well, yesterday I did 100 meters, today I'm doing 150 meters. And so you're sort of talking about co-opting two different, three different sort of platforms, whatever you would call them, and, um, and exploiting the ways that they layer on top of each other. That's really interesting. I, you know, by the way, when I, I gave a distinction between the three therapies we were discussing, I see a lot more in common um, with your therapy and the others that we've we've looked at that I see that are different. Um, and one of those common things, I think, as you mentioned, is that yes, this certainly this can all be um, this can all be made even better if you're willing to to share run with a partner that you're, you're open to sharing these questions with um, or, you know, or apply it to a group. So I, I think dynamic running therapy can certainly be applied to that group process as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and I hope 
out whether you do it. If you use the book, I explain how to find another runner and how you can take time and share and something called empathy runs, which is something you can layer onto there too, right. and how you break up whose who's turn it is to talk and so forth. But um, And empathy runs obviously come from your own experience working with uh, friends or clients. Uh, yeah. Yeah, in fact, it came from, in part, it comes from some of the uh, couples' work that I did. And it, it just, uh, and some of the, some of the philosophy of a man called Martin Buber as well. But they are essentially, I go into great detail both in the book and, and it's not in the app, I don't think. No, it's not in the app. It's in the book and it's on the TED Talk. Um, but essentially, it's a way uh, of sharing and one person talks for 10 minutes and then the other person talks for 10 minutes. It sounds very simple, but actually it's incredibly powerful. Hmm. Yeah, as we all know, if we've ever done any couples therapy, that it's really hard to listen to a spouse oh, yeah. or a loved one for, for 10 minutes. Well, you know, Mark, I think there's another piece where I think that we have never known uh, less about how to communicate clearly than we do today, you know, in the world of sound bites. So not only is, is uh, are we competing with Netflix to try and get through to our partner and, and everything else, but when we do finally get them for a minute, uh, there is, there's still that human habit to interrupt and to, uh, you know, to push your point across. But you just don't know how to represent what the hell you're trying to say. So how the <laughs> hell should they know? Yeah. How are they going to know what you're talking about when even you don't know what you're talking about? So that's why I think empathy runs or empathy walks are genius because I think it's quite often only till sort of seven minutes into talking about something. You know, you start off complaining about tea towels or something and seven minutes in, you, you realize what this has really all been about is that that tea towel that was so irritatingly left every Monday uh, by your partner when they clean whatever they clean uh, that, that enrages you. And, and, and they, they don't understand why you're so enraged. And, and you don't understand why they don't understand why you're so enraged. But, but then it becomes clear because, you know, you finally drill down and you realize that, wow, the, 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 the tea towel represents the, the, the havoc and the, um, and the loss of care uh, and the anxiety produced when, you know, when your mother uh, left your father at the age of seven or something. And what you've always wanted in a partner is somebody who takes care with you. Hmm. And, and that tea towel that's left out in the middle of the kitchen is, is symbolic of, 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 the, of the lack of care that you're feeling from your partner. And so you need to say to them, look, I'm not feeling care from you. Um, that may be me, it may be you, but don't just <laughs> scream at them about a tea towel because that doesn't help anybody. Yeah, and I think I, I think you're absolutely right. I you know obviously I see it in my own in my own relationship, but I also um, through I think starting at the beginning, if if you don't mind taking a step back, I I think the the grounding um, exercises that you provide, like the first step in in DRT, listening to your own emotions, getting in touch with how your body feels, those things are so important to apply before I start you know, really approaching these questions, because then I'll be more capable, I'll, I'll know how I really feel and what, you know, why things have set me off 
why I, you know, why I might be angry at this person. It'll come more easily later when I do uh, apply that empathy, Ron. Yes, I mean, yeah, the, the grounding process is something I do with my clients and I, and I make it optional. Uh, you know, quite often they want to launch into the work and, uh, uh, and so it's optional whether it's in the book or the app or with me personally. Uh, I do believe that you are better set up uh, if you take a few minutes to ground yourself before you set off on your walk or run. Um, you know, and at, at no point should I hope any of your listeners will be confused into thinking that this is a get fit program. At any point, if you want to stop running and sit down because you've had an emotional understanding, that's much better than carrying on walking or running. It's it's getting it's the emotional journey. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to, we're using the body to, to create emotional journey. And I do think the grounding process can help that. But there is, and I would recognize this, there's another school that would say that you are potentially interrupting uh, the therapeutic process by creating too much relaxation in the client. Hmm. In other words, a certain amount of anxiety uh, uh, helps to reveal what is most anxious within the person. Hmm. You know, it's that psychodynamic model where you walk into the therapist's office and he just sits there or she just sits there and says nothing. And you look at them and you look at them and you, you know, three sessions in, you, you say, you know, I've paid you 450 pounds so far. <laughs> Are you going to say something? And you know, they don't say anything, and a session or two later, you finally blow, and you're like, what the hell, I'm paying you so much money, and you just sit there and you do nothing. And of course, then they reflect that back at you and, and say, you know, do I remind you of somebody? And you say, well, you know, so yeah, somebody who doesn't care and just wants my money. And they say, no, maybe it's, maybe it's somebody else. Do I, could it be your mother or your father, you know, and, and then in theory, the work begins. I find I don't like that form of work myself, but I am very happy to uh, to see that it works for plenty of people. You know, uh, research shows that if there are many, many approaches to psychotherapy uh, and it is notoriously difficult to measure outcomes. Hmm. There are no superior approaches to therapy. Not, not one has stood out as being clearly more effective than any other. Um, there is one change agent, I suppose is the right term. Some, there's, there's one metric which seems to be more important than any other across all 400 or however many there are, and that's the, the therapeutic alliance, the quality of the relationship hmm. between the therapist and the client. So it's not what you're doing with them. It's more about how you're doing it. And, um, you know, I think that's why I like to concentrate on the quality of my relationship with the client, because in theory, with, with humanistic therapy, but person-centered therapy, certainly, you, the idea is, is that you model with the client, you show them the kind of relationship they can then show themselves. Hmm. So I hope that when I talk to my clients on the app, they hear me using a tone and a language and, and, and addressing them with, a, with an understanding that is, uh, sets an example for how they can be with themselves and, and, 
and they can change the, the, the quality of their own inner dialogue. I, I, I would say that's definitely true, at least in, in my own experience, listening to your talks, it, it's very clear that, um, you know, you're centered and coming from a good space. Um, and, and, you know, I, I have to confess that um, most of my grounding uh, is just um, a bit of deep breathing and kind of listening for uh, um, listening for that still small voice uh, in response to a question or a prayer that I'm focusing on. Um, and I, I don't, I probably don't commit the time that I should before running, but I do, uh, I do a lot of the reflection afterwards. So I, you know, I, I find that the, after the running is really the time that I'm able to, I'm able to get into myself more and reflect more. Um, so I, you know, I do try to do the grounding, but it's not always successful. Yeah. What, um, what would you say, you know, I was mentioning this creative element to running if, if you recognize that change in mindset from A to B, uh, what, what would you put that down to? How would you describe it and how, how do you understand the, the change? You know, I, I thought about that a few times myself, particularly in my coaching. I've, I've coached uh, several cross-country teams and some, some with um, inner-city uh, youth who've never run long distance before. And for me, that A to B is always this sense of accomplishment in which I somehow gain. I, I think the human question is somehow related to self-esteem, self-confidence, and ego. Oh. And without building up too much ego, because I realize that there are a lot of people around me that are faster and better, I, I somehow realize I've accomplished something enormous by you know running this distance and by seeing among my peers that I've, I've been able to keep up with them or join them. And uh, I think as a cross-country runner and seeing that in some of my the students that I've coached, that, um, that element of I can do this, if I can do this, I can conquer something else in my mm -hmm. life, I can deal with my problems at home, I can uh, perhaps get an internship or get this grade in this class, um, that, that ability to achieve for me is, is a big part of it. Uh, you know, you put a big smile on my face there, Mark, listening to that. It it feels so familiar, and and it really is. It's so powerful, that strange. You you suddenly become a can-doer. I think for me that's a big part of it, that at A, I'm the person who who perhaps can do. Many outcomes are possible, but I don't know which one to choose. I've probably got a little bit too much energy bouncing around inside of me, which is bouncing around as anxiety i don't have focus i'm not in my body i'm not in the ground i'm not in the and i'm not in the doing space i'm in the thinking space and i'm doing too much thinking and i can't work out where to attack this thing from hmm. and then i set off on my run and at the end of that run whether i fought through a lot of stuff or not i could have thought about absolutely nothing i've gone from the thinker to the doer and once i've got doing i believe i can do anything and somehow it doesn't, I don't really care so much about, I don't know, how do I, this is my personal experience. It's like, I care about failing less. I know that, I know that I can throw myself, if I throw myself into whatever it is that's ahead of me in the same way that I just threw myself into that 20 minute run. In other words, imperfectly, 
I needed only to complete the run. I didn't have to do it as a personal best. The most important thing was just finding the me in me and mm. finding my ability to be present and represent what I want for myself, which, you know, it doesn't have to be a battle. A lot of it's about surrender. A lot of it's just about taking away that expectation yes. and just starting with one foot. Put that first foot down, and it's amazing. You can become a doctor. You may not be the world's greatest doctor. In fact, you almost definitely will not become the world's <laughs> greatest doctor. Uh, but you can become a doctor, even if right now... You are 18 years old and about to fail all of your uh, exams, wherever you are. You can turn that ship around and, and running can help you do that. There are other things that can help you do that. But the whole trick of life is just to get moving, isn't it? It's to put that foot in front of the other and stop jumping ahead to the outcome eight years down the road. Say, so, oh, well, I'll never be able to start it for seven years. You don't know that. Hmm. Put one foot in front of the other and God knows what might happen. Yes, yes, I, you couldn't have said it better. I, I'm, um, I've seen that time and time again with, uh, as I said, with young people, but also with myself. Um, my mom uh, raising me was also a cross-country coach, and she's one of the most tenacious and yet emotional and feeling people that I knew. And I know a lot of that came from her, from her running. Uh, she was a distance runner and a triathlete. And from just, you know, seeing it in the young people that she coached and getting it resonating with her and with them um, the ability to overcome and the ability to connect with yourself and others um, so you know nothing new under the sun but the challenge is applying it and I think the challenge is allowing as you've said surrendering letting go of my ego and just saying you know what it's going to be what it is today uh, today might be hard and today might be slow and tomorrow might be great and fast, but either way, it's, it's getting from point A to point B and it's asking yourself some of the tough questions. And, and you know, what I love about your work or with young people is, you know, there is this epidemic of, of depression and anxiety in young people. And a lot of it's because they are too much up in their heads more than any, more than ever. They have less and less agency, more and more, more less and less uh, uh, experimentation and, and downtime and doodling time. It's all filled mm. up with nonsense, uh, and it and it's creating a, a highly anxious generation. And there's nothing that uh, is is a better solution to anxiety, I think, and to getting out of the head than getting into the body. And whether you're taking them hiking, running, sprinting, cross country doing it just two of you one of you 30 of you it for some kids that can be the first time they felt normal in their entire lives mm. you know that's incredibly powerful to to be able to provide somebody who feels insane who feels like the weird kid why why do i care so much why do i think so much why does it hurt so much why do my thoughts appear so uh, so provocative and 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 and, uh, and challenging. Why does the world feel so challenging? And then you take them out for a walk or run, and they're just like, actually, out here it's peaceful. <laughs> you know, my problem is it's sitting in the city that's doing my head in. Yeah, yeah, and as as you said, seeing that that modern dilemma is is hard. I when I work with kids with emotional or learning issues in school, most often it's it's the inability to connect with their emotions and maybe from home life or maybe just from 
you know, that, that person's experience with their education, um, that child needs somehow to, to connect with their emotions and needs to be able to share them. Otherwise, they, they kind of get stuck. And most often the problem uh, is not solved, but you can see that when they're active, when they're in gym class, when they're in sports, most of these kids are just in their element. You know, they're, they're able to connect with others, they're able to share, they're able to do something as a team, um, and they're able to challenge themselves in individual sports. So somehow I think that's got to be part of the solution. Yeah. Um, and, Although for some, it's also about disconnecting from their emotions. They're overconnected to their emotions and, hmm. and, and getting into the body as a surrender away from that. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, maybe that's more what I, yeah, maybe that's more what I meant or seeing it differently in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just mixing it around somewhere. There's a, have you ever heard of a practice called five rhythms? Uh, no. So it came out of New York about 15 years ago. I forget the lady's name. She's dead now, but it's um, it's grown around the world. And I finally summed up the, the, the courage to go and do it um, about two years ago. Doing one session, I did. But fundamentally, it works like this. You take over a large space, typically, although it could be a large or small space, I suppose. But it's a group activity. Um, You've got somebody playing the music, so there are five kinds of music that correspond to the five emotions. I can't know what those five emotions were as chosen by her, but they would be the ones you would expect, love, relaxation, anger, whatever they are. Um, and then you are supposed to dance freely uh, and expressively through those five emotions. And in so doing, and this is... This is to your piece about young people not getting a chance to emote properly. In theory, if you do an hour and a half or have long one of these is, you emote through every single, you go from love to rage and anger and all the way back to being sublime. I, I, I can't remember what it was. I, I, I didn't find it easy. I found it quite challenging, uh, really, to dance freely in front of a group of strangers and quite shy around that sort of thing. Um, but I did manage to let go a fair bit, and uh, more than anything else, a bit like doing a run, I'm proud of the fact that I completed it more than I am clear about what exactly it was I completed. Hmm. Yeah, that that would probably be hard for most of us. Um, maybe not for some middle schoolers, though. They, as, as long as they weren't too threatened by their peers being nearby, that, that would be a, a fun process, I think, for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, you know, I'm trying to get my empathy runs into schools. I've got a Canadian friend who's supposed to be helping me with that. But I want to, I want to start a program where sort of, uh, I don't know, five to twelve-year-old kids uh, run with a question of the day, and one asks a question and listens, and then and and then they swap around as a as a way of getting them moving and a way of showing them what it's like to empathize, which is so much easier when you're side by side and not inclined to feel challenged and bully or anything else, but rather. So, uh, yeah. Well, that sounds fantastic. Please, uh, please keep in touch and let me know if, you know, if you'd ever consider applying it to uh, a U.S. urban environment. Uh, I would do it tomorrow. I'm, I'm looking for people to, to pick up the program. Okay. Uh, All right. So, and and get those for you or any of your listeners who are, t who are teachers. Uh, 
absolutely let's talk about it it's a very simple program but from my experience and i was i was uh, engaged uh, to a teacher and she said uh, this was an english teacher and she said you know the problem is not the quality of the program the the, the problem is is getting schools to agree to to do anything you know uh, particularly if it's unusual they always so I know it's not that easy to implement things in England. I don't know about in Canada and America. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you're right in that you may just need to find the right school, perhaps a charter school, and uh, if if not a taking from the class time, maybe during um, recreation time or after school time, depending you know what kind of activities are offered. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would definitely enjoy helping or contributing and trying to reach out to, to others to see if they would, um, you know, if they would have an option to do that at their school. Fantastic. Let's discuss. All right. Great. Well, I, I think that's a good a good spot to finish up. I, I would one last question I would I would ask you is um, besides the school um, engagement, do you have uh a vision for the future of, of where dynamic running therapy or your personal practice is, is going? I'd like to work more with kids, mm -hmm. um, that's for sure. In terms of the app, I'm putting more program or content on that or be able to run with subjects like depression, uh, 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 um, relationships on there, and, and maybe even weight loss, which, you know, I historically always felt is, is not therapeutic, doesn't feel like proper therapy to me, but actually i i think that it's pr profoundly therapeutic in a way uh that's another thought um other than that i'm happy to to be a therapist you know providing i don't get struck but down by lightning it's a job you can do way into your 80s so <laughs> uh, let's speak again in 30 years <laughs> well we'll definitely speak again before that and i i, okay. I also pray that you do not struck get struck down because You've done a lot of great things, and you're going to continue, I know, to, to contribute to others. And I'm really grateful, especially for you making this free. Um, very seldom do you get such quality um, material uh, offered for free online. And i just really grateful for what you've done for me and for many others using, using dynamic uh, learning therapy. My pleasure, Mark. And one last thing I'd love to say is, you know, um, it's the same thing I said on the end of, end of my TEDx talk. For any person that's listening to uh, this who's struggling in their lives with depression, anxiety, decision-making, whatever it may be. Uh, and God knows it took me to a crisis point. If you're at that crisis point, just take a single step and follow it with another step. Don't worry about where it's going. Don't worry about the 100th step. Start taking small steps. Take them wherever you can and uh, just get some movement happening, mental movement, physical movement, emotional movement. Read books, travel. Do anything you can and then build on it. Yeah, wonderful. Th thank you, William. Thank you for your work and your message. And I uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Great. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Yeah, peace be with you. Happy running. Bye-bye. And thanks to all of you for joining us today. Anything that you would like to follow up on, you can follow up on our website, runninganthropologist.com. You can also, of course, find Dynamic Running Therapy app on any app provider. And please feel free to share any news or views or unique corners of running culture that you have on our Instagram or Facebook page. Follow us, share, message, anything you'd like. Until next time, wish you happy running.